Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrorist gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. That is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. And big welcome to all you listeners out there around the globe. Welcome to the world's famous Acton Mill Round Table. With me is my little gang of Santa's elves this afternoon. Mr. Derek King to my left. Merry Christmas. The butterfly collector. <laughs> the butterfly collector, Mr. Peter Hurd. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> the Fairweather fan himself, Don Bone. Jingle bells. And the AMSs, our very own Paul Turner. Merry Christmas, Cameras. <laughs> Welcome to the show, chaps. Um, just want to start off by sending our best wishes to Bongo. Um, difficult time for him and his family at the moment, so we're, we're thinking about you, Bongo. Maybe get yourself away on a holiday soon, mate. You haven't had one for a, a little while, so two weeks. two weeks or so. Also, big thank you to our host, who's not here yet, but will be joining us during the course of the show, Mick C., um, whose hospitality we are enjoying to record this show. So big thank you to Mick in advance. So, gentlemen, we meet in strange circumstances, happy circumstances. <laughs> Mr. Is that Mr. Den? He's left the stadium. He's left the stadium. So we meet, we meet in happy circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> right, fuck off. <laughs> All right, we get it. We're recording live at the Den, listeners, as you can probably tell by the sounds going on around us. I'll try a third time. So, gentlemen, we meet in happy circumstances. Probably the first show we've done of this kind that's not been a misery fest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners will need to understand we're, we're going into strange new territories that we're not quite sure where it will take us but here we are um, December the 19th, big game later on this afternoon versus Gillingham uh, they're fourth in the table, third in the table and we're sitting seventh or eighth from memory but what do we pin this improvement down to? Where, where did it all start to go right is my first question to the panel when, what's the lead off? When Holloway left when Holloway left. That's a good start. <laughs> I, yeah. It started to go right last March in that, in that case, then, Don. I guess so, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I've, if I've said this before, but a, a mate of mine who um, he buttonholed Neil Harris at the airport back in August, um, either flying out or flying back from somewhere, mm. he, he 
like you know, I wouldn't do that to be honest. Not my thing. But he's got no sort of no shame. <laughs> and he's just said, "What's you know, between you and me, you know, what's, what's, you know <laughs> between you and me now, the world." And, you know, <laughs> and end up on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. No, but he said, he said, all I ask the fans, if you're talking to the, any other fans, just all I'm asking is, give us till Christmas, see where we are. Um, we're aiming for a top ten place by Christmas. We're going to the new year in the top ten. We'll try and kick on from there. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're aiming for. And I think he's uh, hitting the target, isn't he? Well, I've got a few quotes that kind of illustrate that point that you've made there, Don. I mean, the first one I picked out just on the news at Den, uh, Lee Gregory, speaking a couple of weeks ago, says that uh, the gaffer, Neil Harris, allows mistakes where Ian Holloway didn't allow mistakes. Um, I, I, that was an interesting story. So I thought it actually illustrates quite a big divide between you know, the approach of, of both managers. I think it's to do with old and new management. I think at the end of the day, Harris has come in cold. He doesn't really know what he's doing. He's got people in to coach the team from front to back. And I think that he's learning on the job. And I think what's, what, what that means is he gets to have a better relationship with his players. Whereas Holloway comes in, in as a big guy, a big manager, done it before, I'm, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. I think that in the end of the day, it's, it's, it's more organic. Mm. I think also, turn, but it, the uh, fact that Harris hasn't that long finished his playing career, he's, he's more in tune with what the, the modern footballer wants and needs yeah. as a player. Yeah. Yeah. And expects as a player, rather than you know someone who finished their playing career. 20 years ago, that's probably a bit polite on Holloway, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Greg, Gregory says that Holloway was less tolerant of errors, uh, i.e. errors on the ball. I presume errors in terms of missing chances, if it's, if it's Lee yeah. we're talking about. Um, that sounds a little cruel, but there we are. Um, I'm guessing that that's, that's the, the difference that uh, Harris has played up front. He understands that you've got to you know, miss, miss two to get one, or miss three to get one, whatever the, the, the ratio might be. Yeah, it's probably a bit of that, but I think with Holloway, you look at the circumstances he came in. I mean, number one, from our point of view, the majority of fans, not me, um, <laughs> saw him as a as a Clang. absolute um, the absolute only one you've ever got right that, that he, you know, suddenly this big name manager has come <clears> to manage us. No one sort of saw through all that, um, and I think the expectations were probably in his own head. And it was quite clear that he was still mentally scarred from his time at Palace. Mm. And I think he probably therefore couldn't tolerate young players particularly making mistakes. Whereas Harris, he's got a lot of leeway here. He's, he's got, got a huge amount of credit. He's got a huge amount of credit. He understands the club. Mm. you know, And therefore he knows that when he takes over the expectations are going to be managed. And I sort of almost compare it, you know, and we talk about Lee Gregory... Remember when Gary Alexander came in? Mm. He didn't score for 23 games, but the crowd kept behind him because there was He's a, a Millwall boy, he, was, he yeah. did everything yeah. that Millwall want you yeah. to do as yeah. a striker, apart from stick the ball in it. Gregory, and obviously no one else since has ever had that level of tolerance. No. And I think there's an element of that in, in Harris, the manager, that short of us being an absolute fucking disaster, he was always going to be given time to, to, to get it right in the way that he wanted to get it right. And, and I mean, and going back to what you said about the players. You know, there's a good number of these players were playing for him. But also, I mean, he's brought the average age down by about four years, I think. Yeah. And and as a fan base, you know, we we recognise youth is the way forward. And we will be more tolerant with youth players. You know, we know they're learning the trade. They are going to make mistakes. Um, but you can suffer it more from a 19 or 20-year-old than you can a 37-year-old. I think it shouldn't be lost the fact that we've got an academy now. 
and we've got oh, actual yeah. decent players very good through one it. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly, <clears throat> and, and we had what four or five years. And I think that. Fitzgerald's got to take an awful lot of credit Absolutely for the, the work he's done over the last three or four years. When there were, wasn't the money kicking around, and he didn't have the backing necessarily of the previous managers, and uh, you know, once it shows, once you start investing, it does start paying. Well, he could have walked. I mean, it was the summer before last. He was offered a job at Fulham and could yeah, have gone. Yeah. And, and part of the reason he said is because there was a feeling that he would be given the opportunity to see some of his kids come through and, and, yeah. and at least given a chance to become first team. I mean, all the youth teams are making progress, isn't it? FA Youth Cup was it under 18s for the FA yeah. Youth Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the under-21s have progressed in there. Uh, it's like a Premier League yeah. youth yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, cups competition. So I think it's a general the, feel-good factor as well around Yeah, so to see kids being developed and coming into the side with real prospects, and we've got the likes of Fred in, the, we'll probably talk about it later, um, Sid Nelson, another one. Um, it is very much in the mill tradition to find, polish and develop youngsters. Um, and you're more likely to hang on to them if they can see that in a year or two they're going to get a chance in the first team. Yeah, yeah. and it's just interesting. For the show, I just printed out um, the, the squad's uh, players in and out from last summer just going back to Holloway for a moment, when you look at the absolute dross that we got shot of in July, yeah. it's actually quite... It's shocking when you reread it here. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to exclude my guy, because I quite liked him, but clearly there are other issues with him. But you're looking at Angel Martinez, you're looking at Stefan Meyerhofer, other players I've never heard of here. I mean, you know, there's a Sofia Nelbekri. I don't know if he came well, anywhere. That little... Was it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, French kid who, yeah. who was... Matthew Briggs, you know, I mean, there's just such a, an outgoing of failed players that have been on our, our, our playlist for so long and I think that even that is it's like a shedding of a load isn't it? I think when it actually changed was when we got relegated last season and, and I saw a speech from, from Aris that said what we're going to do we're going to set up the Millwall way we're going to play the Millwall way uh, we might have to adjust it throughout the season but you know what we're going to have players knowing what they're going to do right the way through the club that's our mode of play and if it works, great. If it don't, we'll just keep trying harder. And that's you know, one of the other points I was going to raise, is that actually you've got right-backs playing at right-back, you've got left-backs playing at left-back. And pretty much, apart from injuries and suspensions, you've had a more consistent team. Yeah. And consistency always brings results. You know, No matter what level you play at, even if you play in pub league, you know, if you've got the same team every week, <coughs> we'll gel as a unit, and, and I think that's showing. Another interesting quotation which I've pulled off the, off the net, in the aftermath of poor show against Wickham when we got beat in the FA Cup, um, Neil Harris said, there's no Millwall blame culture, there's only honesty and respect, and I dare say behind closed doors one or two opinions would have been shared with the squad, but there's none of this um, selling players, you know, stringing them out on, online, which is another thing that quite surprised me with Holloway, the kind of naming and shaming of... But also, um, Lee Gregory got named and shamed. He did, um, but also Harris was one of the biggest victims <coughs> when Wise was here after the Cup final. Yeah. Wise, he actually said Harris was to blame for their first goal, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's just not acceptable, I don't think. We're playing know. Man United. Yeah. Yeah. It was Man United. You've yeah. got to pull together. And you, you know can talk I mean? generic terms. You can say there, a mistake was made in defence. You don't have to say Neil Harris should have cleared the ball or whatever, yeah. do you? you know, yeah. It's yeah. unprofessional. So that's another thing that's gone out the window to our, to our benefit. We've shared a lot of dross. We've got kids coming through from, from the ranks. There is no blame culture, shall we call it that. And we're reaching a point now where Jordan Archer says again online that anything other than top six is unacceptable for us this season. Is that ambitious? Yeah. What do you think to Jordan's... Um, why not? Why not? Well, I, 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 I don't think it is unacceptable. Mm. Well, I think the, the statement is correct. Mm. I, I do think that given where we're at now, Don, I, I would say that is an unacceptable 
finishing outside the top six, given what we're seeing, I've not seen any team that's apart from the rocky <laughs> first commentary um, game all for yeah. August, as I put but it on our on our schedule. That was just, yeah, I don't know. Um, what's going yeah, on. I've not seen anyone to fry in this we, we do. As a young team, particularly, you're going to have up and down spells. And yeah. really, if you look at our league position at the moment, it really lends itself to a couple of months when we were really, I mean, was it 10 unbeaten or something like yeah. that? Uh, we had the poor start. And, and recently, it's not quite been as. Um, but I, think, I think you have to reassess your expectations as the season goes on. Yeah. As Don said, Neil Harris said, we'll see where we are in December. Here we are, slap bang, middle of December. So suddenly, talk of top six, um, you know, today we can actually, if results go away, sneak into the playoffs, can't yeah. we? If, if we, yeah, it's a big game. So, so suddenly, is top six an unrealistic expectation? You know, you've got, you've got to give the youngsters something to aim at. You know, he's not saying we're going to finish top two automatic promotion. But I think on paper, and just the size of the club, right from when we got relegated, we, we are good enough to be top six in this league, and that, that's the minimum we should I be. I think Jordan's being positive, and that's the right way to be. Yeah, I, and, that, and, that, and that's it. Whether or not you, you think that we're going to finish there, you know, first year down, it's never really happened in the time I've been supporting Millwall from the early 80s. But, do you know what, it's not, it's not an insurmountable... No, I mean, normally you know, we go down, we stay down... Four or five years, years, you know, yeah. a little flirtation with the playoffs. But you know, it's being positive. So you know what, that that probably gives you a bit of an insight into what the squad are feeling. So yeah, yeah. yeah so good if you really. turn around and said, um, you know, well, we're still aiming to get forty points or fifty points so that we yeah. don't get relegated. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different. <laughs> it's a depressive approach. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to be sitting eighth and say we'll be happy if we finish fifteenth. You, you look no. up. Don't yeah, you know, it's fine. I know, and I'm not really comparing apples with apples, but yeah. they, they were talking to um, I don't know if it was Vardy or one of the Leicester mm. players. Uh, you know, we're, yeah. you're top of the league. we're still aiming to get 40 points and make sure we don't get relegated. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you don't want to hear that. No, unless, unless it's ultra tongue in cheek, you, you, you hopefully. Yeah. So at this point, I'll just remind you of the Mick McCarthy season where we were second. Yeah, yeah we can't be having too happy a show. I did send out. Uh, we've we got a new edition of CBL out, and I did send out a, a, an instruction to keep it happy this time. Yeah. We, 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 were, we had the calls to the, the Samaritans after our last show, but, but thank you for that, Peter. Reminding us of the 95 96 season. Um, the question I've posed then is where did it all start to go right? So I've picked out a few elements that I think have been decisive in the improvement in our our club this season in terms of form. We've just mentioned Jordan Archer. I, I think him forcing out David Ford and making the position his own, there's no, I can't see any prospect other than the injury of David Ford. Of course, can that be our new Mac Taylor? He, you know, he's an experienced pro. He is an experienced in. He's good to have around the club. He knows the club, he knows the attitude, and, and he, he will push Archer. And he, you know, and in fairness to him, he seems to have accepted that this yeah, is his role. Say that. Which I think is a, it's I a, a big anyone, yeah. Yeah. anyone anywhere he, saying he, that he's looking to get out. No, well, I don't think well, apart from taking like, on twenty-five yeah, grand a, a week, yeah. I mean, or whatever it's rumoured to be. I mean, you know, yeah, having a quality, experienced backup who you know if he takes, if he gets his chance by accident. Which is only likely to be by accident. Injury or, or, yeah. or, or, or suspension or something by Archer, who doesn't look the sort of keeper who's going to lose form. No. Um, but, you know, let's face facts, in the summer, it, it was nailed on for four to go, and Archer was waiting to be number one. And so it didn't take long for Ford's loss of form, and, and it was a brave decision by Harris to drop a 36, 37 year international. old experienced international <laughs> yeah. keeper. Yeah. Um, for a young kid who barely played football, but I actually, I actually think it's only my personal view. I think Archer was promised first team football 
because he's come from Tottenham. There's a host of clubs apparently looking at him, yeah. and I think he was told he would get first. I, 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 I think I, that was a clean shot for him. Yeah, probably. I think there was um, different stories put to different people, should we say. There was certainly an expectancy that four would go. If you speak to... Remember Tom King, he's back now? Yeah. Yeah. He genuinely believed he would have a shot at getting the first team goalkeeper shirt this season. And it was him and Archer were going to be battling it out. And that might just be the, the goalkeeper's confidence and bravado. Yeah. But he genuinely believed he had a shot at the first team goalkeeper's position. And of course, Ford's staying suddenly... Crew, yeah. Fucking hell, it's out for me Yeah, well, he was struggling at Welling by all accounts. So. I mean, in all fairness, Jordan Archer, I mean, he's, he's one of the best goalkeepers I have seen at a club. Yeah. I put him in that category. The save he made versus Berry um, right. in the instant. I'll go back to Keller. I would say, Keller? I would say that I he's the him. best I've seen since Keller, and, and, and Keller couldn't kick. He hasn't got an obvious weakness. He can, he can kick, he commands his box, he gets down and does the bottom corner saves. He's not afraid to challenge. He, he will give his, his back for a rocket if they need it. To me, I haven't seen an obvious weakness. I mean, Denzel couldn't kick a fucking ball, could he? It was always out in the West Up. Yeah, yeah. You know, every goalkeeper has their flaws. Yeah. I haven't seen an obvious no, one yet, and I certainly don't. I, we, we've been very blessed for years and years. I mean, if you look at some of the other shit we've had in other positions, goalkeeper has almost always right, been a very, very strong position yeah. for us. Traditionally, um, yeah. Traditionally. Say so. um, yeah. Pat Cuff. Long before, <laughs> long before my days. <laughs> there is an article about Pat Cuff yeah. in this new edition of CBL magazine. On sale now. Four euros. Four euros. He does... The interesting thing is, A, when he really comes under pressure, and B, when we do step up a level... Um, because you know he will obviously get busier and more, but he looks a keeper who keeps his concentration. Yeah. That's important when he's when he's not got a lot to do, and then all of a sudden he's called upon to do it. He's, mm. So far, I don't think he's really been caught out in that respect. He doesn't do that um, faulty thing that every game Ford plays. You'll know he's going to have at least There's one uh, rush yeah. of blood. Yeah, the man yeah. He just also sets up his free kicks a lot better. You know, I, I used to watch Ford setting up his free kicks, and everyone in block three could see where the ball was yeah. going, and we'd all go like, "Moved over to your left, David. It's going in the top corner," and mm. you know. The double save he made against Berry, I mean, in the moment, the the, the easy, ob- obvious um, comparison was the Gordon Banks. It wasn't so, that good, but it was... No, I mean, I, I reviewed that online afterwards, and yeah, I mean, but then that save, as I put yeah, it in here, right. it dines to the pain of the gods, doesn't it? Yeah. So that's a very tough thing. Yeah. Banks, he was very lucky, wasn't he, for his one, I think. <laughs> I thought you should have held it. I was actually taking you seriously for a moment there, Don. You had me on the go there. Controversial. But nevertheless, the, the reactions and the instincts required to make that double save was, was top draw. I mean, I, I, yeah. I can't think of a better save I've seen in many, many it's years. It's what you see. You see goalkeepers when they're, they're um, training, warming up, whatever you want to call it, and they practice that, don't they? Yeah. First ball, but then usually yeah. during a match, you never see it. But the follow up to bat the ball away was immense. Um, yeah. So there's, there's one factor. I think having a solid goalkeeper has, has reinforced the defence, which has at times looked. Well, the defence trust him. Yeah, right, yeah. It, it reinforces yeah. the back line. Um, defence has been wobbly, but it's not so wobbly of late. I also want to pick out Joe Martin coming at left back. I know he's not a glamour player, he's not one that strikes the. Um, you know, the, the kind of uh, the attention of the crowd so much, but I think he's actually quite a solid player and it's reinforced a, a little bit of a problem puppy position for us. Happy Christmas from Achtung Milball. I 
they also signing of Edwards. I'm not sure if she's got your list there, but I think Edwards, you know, signing him on a, a short-term contract, giving him the. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Incentive to get fit. Yeah. You know, season turn. The season you know, did turn as, as it did when he signed for us the first time. I'm not sure time. I'm him, but yeah. you know what? The season he did he actually. Out. I mean, the first couple of games back, he looked a little bit wobbly. He was rusty, um, wasn't he? he was very rusty. Rusty. And the worry, of course, is when you come back from an injury like that, in any respect, it's it's a problem. Problem. But when you're 36 yeah. years old yeah. or whatever, are you ever going to pick it up? And I think he's, you know. I think a lot of them say the first couple of games you get by on your just the energy, just yeah, the, the adrenaline, adrenaline right, a little. Yeah. But but then after that is when it starts getting harder when you come back from a long injury. But I just think he's a solid calming influence as well as being someone who can do a little bit more. He can give you that little bit of an attacking outlet and, and, and get forward and cross the ball and you know. So it's two calm players. Should we call them that? We've got on the right and left calm players, experienced players. Mm. The central defence, I mean, I, I've been struck by the improvement that Byron Webster, I think. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, um, yeah absolutely. You know, you can't knock was, a bloke I mean, with Dixie and, and fights back, can you? There was people saying, you know, he should never kick a football for Millwall again. You I know. think I might have said that myself. Yeah, people <laughs> were saying it, and people were saying it, and people were agreeing with it as well. There yeah, were, yeah, because, weren't many people going, oh, you're fucking joking, like, you know. I, it was like, that's all you'd seen. The yeah. problem was, I always felt with Webster, every time he had a big chance to play, he was putting some fucking, you know, a three at the back, or mm. he'd be, you know, he never seemed to be getting a, a proper chance mm. in his right position, um, you know, and, and, and I think that's what he's got now. Again, almost by default. Um, oh, I've had to eat my words on Webster. Yeah. I, I, I thought he was a waste of space, and you know what? I, I, I think he's done really, really well. I think it's to do with his partner as well. I think that. I think all centre half partnerships over yeah. the years have been like that. And I really hope he doesn't go. Yeah. Because, you know, I, Beavers is a, I think when I realised with Webster, though, where the crowd weren't on his back anymore, was yeah. I think it was Peterborough away. Peterborough away. slipped, didn't he? Yeah. Well, you know, usually it was fucking Webster. Yeah, yeah. Can you use yeah. But they didn't. No. They, they accepted he slipped and he did his best to try and get yeah. back. I remember saying on the show, it was the first time I was struck by his performance. You know, I think the best I could have said about him previously he wasn't noticeable, but first time I remember being struck by the quality of his performance. So he's, he's not really looked back since. 
Um, I just want to pick out another quotation here. I'm full of them today, listeners. Um, Andy Frampton, big influence in the in in the dressing room, and I'm imagining in the def- on that defensive line as well. You know, the the improvement in the defensive qualities of the club generally. I would I would look at, at Frampton. I mean, he was he was always um, you know a powerful character. In this and Martin's style of play. I mean, I never saw Martin play when he played for the the other club who we're playing today. But I understand he was you know quite a solid. League yeah. one, league two, sort of left back. But actually, his style of play does remind me a little bit of Frampton. Yeah, he's all right going forward. You know, he, he does charge forward occasionally, and he can cross a ball. And yeah, you know, he, he rarely gets caught out defensively on the back foot. I think the fact is, our number one choice got injured, and we're not missing. Yeah. Lee Martin says the standards at Millwall are going up and up. They must be because he's not been in the club <laughs> in, not very much. I, I had to get that one in there. listeners. I, 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 I've written that one out. You say that, but actually, <laughs> if, you, if you look at where Lee Martin has been before, um, you know, he came up through Man United. Yeah. You know, he was at Ipswich. He, he's been at a good club, so he must know yeah. what it takes to get, you know, what. He's also had something like 10 loan clubs. So we would have seen Wait, a lot of what, what age is he now? But Lee Martin strikes me as almost the. I, know, I don't think Holloway signed him. He came in under, I think, um, was it Lomas? Lomas. Yeah, yeah. um, but in, in a way, they, they always combine those two managers into one strange entity. But he's almost the, the epitome of being a good player that doesn't perform, that never shows well, it. I don't think many of us thought it was a particularly bad signing, did we? No. no. I thought, no, you know, he's 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 certainly doing really it. Well. Was it Fulham away yeah. when he, he had a yeah. storm? He's had a couple of good performances, yeah. moments, but he doesn't, doesn't produce. Um, I mean, he's not in the... It, I mentioned it purely for that, um, for that remark, because I, I agree with the remark, I think the standards of the club are going upwards and upwards. He's not a bad option to have to come on for 20 minutes, is he? No, late in the game. Yeah. Achtung, Mehlball. Welcome back to the show, listeners. It just got better and better in the in Mick C's box. You're joining the show with us now, Mick Cooper. Welcome to the show, Mick. Thanks very welcome much. Welcome to Achtung Mill. Yeah. And a very, very special welcome to Steve, his special guest. Where are you from, Steve? Um, I'm from uh, Medway. The uh, Medway? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they love Follow the lines, mate, or, or what? Who's <laughs> a neutral? <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, um, from a town called Rochester. It's not Fulham, mate. It's no neutral zone here. <laughs> <laughs> Only the bit that's not, you know, no one's sitting. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you very much. Token Gillingham fan. We, we won't mention it again. <laughs> we'll, we'll go easy on him. Um, we're just picking out where the season for the Lions went right after some years of, of misery. Yeah, Lee Martin's quote. So Lee Martin's saying that standards of the club are going up and up. Um, and I think I agree with him. Um, I personally think Lee is not for us for much longer. I'm wondering what's going to happen with him come January. I'm not so sure, to be honest. I mean, because he got a two-year extension, didn't he, last... Yeah, it was on a year, then he got two years in June 14. But he does seem to have crept back into it, having been... Virtually told to get out the door, weren't he? Back in wasn't far short of it. Perhaps they're still working on the attitude adjuster. Um, Yeah, I mean, you do wonder if he's just. You know, his ideas. Well, Lee Martin, according to Wikipedia, the fount of all knowledge, is is on a contract that lasts till 2016. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the end of the season. season yeah. um, the end of this month, possibly. No, it's, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he got he got a two-year extension in June. I think a bit. I think a bit. I, I, I don't see well, why. He, but the thing is, he looked like he was going, didn't he? There was lots of talk of him yeah. being farmed out, and he's yeah. probably come off the bench most of the last. He's probably going to be one of the bigger earners in the current yeah, squad I mean, as well, isn't he? He would expect to be, wouldn't he, given his... Yeah, but then where's he, where's he going to go to earn more? 
This, this well, he won't, thing, he won't. No, you want to be anything. No, but if he wanted to stay on less money and we were happy what, to pay him less money. What you've got to ask is when we, when we get promoted, is he going to be good enough for the championship? No, uh, yes. Well, he's proven he's not. Or he's, he's proven he won't deliver it anyway. Yeah. That's, I think he is good enough in terms of uh, talent, but yeah. for reasons that might lie inside his head, he doesn't produce it. And uh, again, that's why um, I think he's one of the classic Holloway era players in that we had players that could deliver but yeah. for reasons beyond us didn't, yeah. didn't deliver he'll, he'll go to Charlton when they get relegated yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's more likely to go Orient isn't he that's where that's yeah, that's that's where he seems to be the he is local and he lives Orient, down, like down the, uh, he grew up in Causton um, you know Croydon Way and, and lives near me up oh, in Keston so, so he'll, um, <laughs> he'll, he'll want to stay local we won't be showing you we'll literally we just got rid of our Martin we don't need any more player I want to pick out another decisive factor in the improvement of form this season is Aidan O'Brien he came back from injury I think it was in um, early September yeah. and, the, and the numbers when you look at the, the figures for the season I've got all for August we lost four I've only won one game in, in August uh, O'Brien comes back all competitions we win four out of six uh, losing only one game um, same in October losing only one game same in November losing only one game December so far obviously we've won one lost two um, Aidan O'Brien for me is, is one of the hottest forward prospects in the club in years, many, many years. I like him. He get, he's not afraid to hit the ball from outside the box. He gets his head down, he runs at players. You know, we haven't had a striker that can do that for many seasons, it, have we? There's the, the Harris energy about him, isn't there? Yeah. He, he, he looks like a player who has just come in and, 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 and wants to buzz around and wants to make things happen. I think in his early games, he was probably sometimes trying that a little bit too hard, too many little flicks, and, and he seems to have developed that in his game now. His decision-making's getting better. Um, well, you were just saying, I think that's very sadly a risk. I think that, you know, hmm. he, he can be... I, I think Savio is possibly the best striker we never had. Yeah. I'd agree with uh, that. And, yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. O'Brien yeah. is showing that sort of talent. He, I mean, I just hope we can hold on to him and nurture him through. We're going to have the same old problem, though, because as soon as the big boys start knocking, and it's already happening, there are scouts that are regularly watching him. It, we'll take the first off, aren't we? Well, well, yeah. I mean, 500 grand! <laughs> the question is, is, what is that offer? Because when's he out of contract again? It's the same old he's, story. He's, yeah. uh, I had the answer to that question, strangely enough. Um, he's out of contract in 2016, so yeah. presumably. It's the same this summer. Uh, June. So, June so, so one of the shows we're working on it right now. Well, Neil said that. You would hope so. But he may be. There was a sort of whisper that his agent is perhaps not as keen on him signing a new contract as he might be. Well, I know Alan McCleary was down here looking for players for Ipswich. Apparently he's doing some scouting for Ipswich. And someone said to him, what the fucking hell are you doing here, mm. Macca? He said, who are you looking at? And he said, no one in particular, but ain't Aidan O'Brien playing well. <laughs> they're, they're one of the, the, there's a couple of our clubs, Everton and Swansea are definitely looking at. As they will be. I mean, Harris, again, speaking in November, named Aidan O'Brien, I think he won the award, actually. He won the player of the month. Uh, yeah. Sky Bet League won player of the month. So, best player in the league, as, as Harris has described him. Um... He will attract attention. Of course he's going to. Um, money will be available. I think if, if the money is the right money, that's going to be the critical point. Go back to what Don said. I mean, traditionally, we've sold for... Through, you know, well, through sure. customs, sadly, sadly, if he's going in June and there's no sign of him signing the contract, money. good money is a lot less than we might think yeah. it would be otherwise. Um, then the club's got to decide, well, is it worth taking 250 grand for him now or just... Taking a chance he stays and, and does he fall in that age group where we don't get a transfer fee for he'll, him? He'll get they'll get some compensation don't payment for him, but it's no, not no, going to be. But having said that, 
of course, there's one thing that you could be a good reason for him to stay around and replay, and he must be pushing for that Republic of Ireland squad for yeah. the Euros. Because they're not exactly blessed yeah, with yeah. that type and of player. As I said, when we get promoted, because it's a positive showing, when there's we get promoted, um, it'll be playing championship football. Yeah, and we provide a stage and a theatre for someone of talent to, to get and, regular first And he first can do football. it in the championship. Well, I watched him at Brentford away, yeah. and he was... I think if he hadn't got substituted, we win that game. Yeah. If you look Seriously, at the, the, the clubs that he could potentially have been certainly linked to him, if he went to Everton, he'd just be stuck in the reserves probably for a year. I mean, Swansea might get a chance to come off the bench a bit earlier. Well, because they're going down. Fulham's the other one. If he goes to Fulham, he could well be a first-team regular from the off in the championship in the second half of the season. So again, from a personal perspective, he may think that's a good move because it does give him into the possibly into the Euros and something belong, belong, so beyond. So, you know, but that's the danger when you're producing good players. At least we're sitting here talking about this instead of having a heap of shit that we haven't been for a long time. Well, compare. I mean, the forward line that went down with Stefan Meyerhofer, you know, Angel Martinez, McDonald. Yeah, Scott McDonald. I mean, there is a sharp contrast with the level that we've got now. Um, I want to pick out October, and I've given each month names list, and I've got awful August, Super September, and <laughs> awesome October. The reason I called it that is we took... We took Spelling like, that with an O, are you? Yeah. Artistic, artistic licence. We took some injuries. Jimmy Addu was out injured um, in October. Um, I've also, for reasons that beyond me, I put Mark Quister late in I don't know why that was decisive. It wasn't that, okay. that decisive. Um, it was amusing, wasn't it? <laughs> but despite taking knocks, we've actually kept the form going well. So, again, we've, we've, we've lost um, Tony Craig, we've lost Jimmy Addu, but the winds have keep coming. Four wins in October, four wins in November. Well, Jim, Jimmy's, Jimmy's back, isn't he? He's back he's, um, he's on the bench on the today, bench, I believe, isn't he? Yeah. Um, um, it's quite a tribute to the, the squad. Cause I wouldn't have said it was that deep a squad to be able to handle major players getting injured, and yet we still sustain form. But also, that's why players like Ferguson on loan was a good deal, because he can, he can play left wing, he can play left back. Yeah, we've got more um, flexibility got in more the squad, options. We? Yeah, you, uh, and that's what you need in a smaller squad. We haven't had to use players in the wrong positions, thankfully, but the option's there. And we haven't had to bring Sean Williams back into defence, who I thought no. was going to be an, uh, an option we have to take. Yeah. Well, hang on, just because Derek's always right about some things. Didn't <laughs> at the beginning of this season, he say he would be our... Uh, uh, that was the beginning of last season. Our go-to centre-half. No, the beginning of last season, was it last being lined up to play centre-half. Play centre-half. And that was told to me by someone within the club, so it was obviously something they were looking I think at. what Peter's saying is that even if... Well, if the option is the yeah, there. option is for him to drop well, back. When, you especially, know. you remember, when, about that time was when we brought in Saddle, and people said, well, hang on, we've got Jack Powell, we've got Ben Thompson, we've got Jimmy Abdu, we've got, you know, do we really need ups and we, do we really need another centre midfielder yeah. and that added some weight to, to yeah. Williams dropping back and uh, you know what would have happened if Webster hadn't found his feet yeah. because yeah. then you're getting into Sid Nelson who's still young and, and he did, uh, yeah. well then yeah, you could have dropped Williams back and played Upson in midfield it's the yeah. only, thing, I think, lots of the only thing I think about with Upson is that he's playing out position. he's sort of slightly out of position at the moment but, but I think he's a better player than let's than, talk than about Sid for a moment because I, 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 I think Sid is a favourite for, for us all for obvious reasons yeah um, just as the name's been mentioned, I mean, I, I, I am not sure that he's got the physique at this level. I know he's young, so I'll take that point. Um, he's got the bravery, he's got the mule heart, he's got all of those attributes, but does he have the does he have the X factor to make it? What do we think? I think he would have been better off staying at the championship. Talk of lower than that. Coming down here and playing against 
know, big lumpy centre forwards isn't going to help. Yeah. A, it's a, tough on him. Picked up by Holloway, made him club captain, yeah. which was ludicrous. But um, I, there's talk on online of, of he needs to be loaned out. He needs to get regular football, um, possibly at a lower level. Well, what, really? what, do we, what, what do we think? Oh, I, I, he, he wouldn't. I mean, what's the point? You know, I'm, I'm not being funny. And you know, we, we sat there last time we recorded and watched a conference game, right? Physicality at conferences is more. It was a tough game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, they they would not even a club in the conference would probably not have any interest whatsoever in an 18 year old centre half when they can get a 33 year old with 400 league games. Yeah, and a lot too you know, to, to go. Um, or, or you know, they they can sign someone who's. who's it's going to boil down to what sort of centre after we want. Do we want someone who's going to have a battle every week, you know, a Beavers or a, a player like that, or you know, or do we want someone who can play a bit yeah. and can play with his head up and bring the ball out? I think fits in that tradition. fits in that tradition also. That sort of Keith Stevens mode. Oh, very, very brave boy. Yeah. For, for, for the club. And the very question brave. for me is, can he ever be any better than that? I think that's what he'll be eventually. He'll be a a good, solid, defendable player, but can he stretch yeah, that next yeah, but level? People talk about Keith Stevens being an agricultural centre-back, but he, he played at right, right back, back. No, he was right and, and, and he and could take players on. He, he, he yeah. could take players on, he could put a cross in, yeah. and he could actually... That's you know, I mean, he could He was very successful. That's what I mean, I loved him, but, but that's what I'm saying. I think Sid Nelson could be that type of player, but at that level... You know, and it, again, you look at Mill's history, we've always had those players who perhaps haven't gone on to the level that they just not... You know, even Kitchener, was, he, he never went... You know, there's that legend that he was wanted by Liverpool or something. Wasn't but, I mean, the, the key point for me, like with all of a, a lot of the players we've spoke about in previous podcasts, is the age between 19 and 22 is probably key. Yeah. It's make or break time for a lot of players. I think you've got to play. And though, we've seen that with Johnny Marquis, you know, and too many players over the years. And I think if he don't get regular football at 21, 22, he's going to do a Danny Oxen and just disappear down the leagues or you yeah. know, end up playing... Like Ben May, you know, non-league football. I suppose Tony Craig could be a, I don't know if he's a wrong model, but I mean, he's, he's again not the biggest of blokes, is he? He's, he's, a, he's a slight defender that's, by. But that's if you rate him. Well, Sid, Sid, he has similarities in the sense that he's another one with a Millwall heart and will run but, for but a brick wall. Sid's not small. Let's not kill ourselves. That's he's about six foot two, six foot three. Yeah. And he's, he quite, looks, yeah. he's quite Maybe sculpted, he's but he's just not filled out in a way and, mm. and physically that. A, you do from 18 to 21, if you get one. Well, well, I'm you still working on it. it. <laughs> 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 I think you're there today. I'm just about to be fighting weight now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, and, and it is a challenge. But he does get knocked on the ball. When we've seen him play, he does get knocked on the ball. It's so easy, doesn't he? You know. he, he doesn't look strong, does he? I mean, against certain types I of players. I don't know if it was one of, one of you said it or someone that I was with said it once that, you know, they just, oh, my fucking grandmother could have, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, it, a lot of it depends who he's up against, because if you've got two centre halves against one striker, if you're playing championship football or whatever, you know, and they've got one up front, you can afford him not to be as physical, as long yeah, as he's got yeah, pace and can play got, a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if if you're going up against a four four two team and they're coming at you with two big lumps, then it's not his game. That, that's exactly the point. It's not his game, is it? But he's, he, he's a squad player, and he you know he will learn. I think he'll be a, still be a very good player for us. Yeah, it oh, just might take a year or two to, to to get the best out of him. He's a late bloomer. Tony Craig injured in November, out for the season. It seems how big a blow? How, how big a blow? It's I mean, not as big as I thought it was going to be. Can really? I? Can I? Yeah, I don't think it's a big blow. You don't think? Well, it's I, 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 you know, oh, I don't know. He was getting murdered the last time we yeah. was in League One. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, uh, left back, and I, I really don't see. I don't see why you you bring him in and you let Alan Dunn go. I don't get it. 
I mean, that's controversial. No, it's not controversial. controversial. I've said it all along. I, 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 I just don't get it. it. seemed like there was an element of bringing him back to give us that mill. Give you a governor. You know, a governor. A governor. Yeah, yeah, I, think know, that's I, right. I, I think that's I, what he was brought back I for. I don't think he's really that. He doesn't look to me like a leader on the pitch. He doesn't look like he's bringing the people around and organising. And don't see him shouting. Apparently, so. after the Wickham game, though, it was him who, uh, who started ripping into a few of the players. Telling yeah, 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 I can imagine him doing that. Happy Christmas from Achtung Milball. It's a nice position to be in that when you, you don't miss your captain. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, the, we're no, not missing him, are we? No, no the numbers not. the numbers don't show us missing him at all. I mean, you know, we, we've yet to see. Oh, we, we look better balanced because I'll, I'll, I'll never like having an left foot playing right and centre half. I just, it's just, you know, one of these things as a master tactician that I. Every time Derek says master tactician, I think he has to. I've got to take a swing. Bongo gives one of twenty quid on the donation. So you keep you keep going, Derek. So Nick, I mentioned earlier I didn't know much about Martin before he signed for us. I'd wonder if you just ask Steve. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, Steve, Joe Martin, I didn't know much about Martin. Well, for me, looking back on the years that Joe was with us. We saw him uh, being dependable, um, kind of pro- pro- probably strong, but not very mobile. Um, right. And he was always capable, uh, set piece taker, of scoring a worldly one season, you know. Um, but I think um, as it comes to the end of his time with us, we thought it was his time to move on. So was he his respected player down the he, Yeah, he, he, he was definitely respected yeah. in, in, the, in, in the sort of way that you've got... Mr. Reliable. Did he always play left back? Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. He, he was dependable, reliable. Okay. Was he regular? I mean, he was, you know, yeah, he was a regular. Was I mean, he, apart from, you know, he was injured every now and then. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much the role he's taken on here. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I like him. Um, he's come in and he's been a... He's shored up a problem position for us, so yeah. you, you don't get many mistakes from him. He actually mentions the elimination of mistakes and one of the quotes I pulled out as, as his thing. That yeah. In a few games, I've not even noticed he's there, and that's probably that's that's a positive thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You forget yeah, he's playing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, and I think that's something that resonates with his time with us yeah. as well. We kind of forgot he was there. I think um, his main Achilles heel was his lack of pace. I don't know how you guys have found that so far. We're not used to having any pace at the moment. No, we don't know what pace means. He's, <laughs> he's walking, he's standing upright. <laughs> Pretty good. He's got a pulse. He's a, he's, he makes a brave tackler, and I think yeah. that will take you a long way down here. But, I mean, to, yeah. but to be fair, he does, I think he gets forward into nice positions at times, and he, he does have a bit of bravery about him sometimes yeah. to get he's over. Really scored. Yeah, well, he's already scored. I, I, I think that's yeah. the thing. He did quite often, I don't know if he was asked to do this, or that this, that's just his general style, is that he, he would like to get forward. Yeah. Um, and occasionally... We were found out as a result because he was far forward. He couldn't get back too quickly. Right. But he would often pick up balls outside the box. You know, either stick one in the top top right hand corner, or you know, cross one in. So you know, I I, I, I would say eighty percent of Jules fans would say um, he, he, he was a good servant for us. Um, but so, what t- reception t- would I give him today? Um, well, I think there was some com- I think there was some comments recently <laughs> about how the fact he joined. Uh, uh, a, a bigger club, obviously. I think when you join a new club and you, you, you know, it took him, I think it took him a little while to get into the team, right? Yeah. So, so he's injured when you first. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So you know, if someone from the local press puts uh, the microphone in your face, you're going to say yeah. fable things. Yeah. You give a little bit of lip service. There'll be some truth in it, not so much, but. 
I think some Gillingham fans were a little bit precious about the, those comments, but at the end of the day, yeah. fair comments. Yeah. It's, and, that's, and, that's no different yeah. to Neil Harris yeah. when he went to Nottingham Forest. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's great to be playing for a proper yeah. football club. Yeah. 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 The internet is never a balanced yeah. um, yeah. forum no. at the end of the day, is Absolutely it? Absolutely not. Thank you for that, Steve. Um, I want to mention Jules Savile, um, who's a lone player with us. Um, I think he's, he's here till January, and I think the club take a view on with a... Has he had a falling out with Harris, so to say? I don't know. I mean, I, when he first arrived, um, I went up to Sheffield, and I thought, well, we've got the new, the new Jerusalem on the pitch here. You know, this was, this was quite something. His form's tailed off a little bit, and I'm wondering whether he has had mm. some... Dispute. The new Richard Chapman. Still a young. The new Richard Chapman. Oh, gosh. He's still a young. This is a kid who came through the Chelsea Academy. Yeah. He went to Wolves for two million quid two yeah. years ago. Yeah. You know, he's clearly got a lot of talent about him. He clearly um, does. Yeah, he clearly does. You know, but he's a young player still, and young players are going to blow a little bit hot and cold, and that's why he's not in the Wolves team at the moment. You know, um, whether he's here for the long term, who knows? I mean, but. Yeah, Do we know they're going to sell it? A wolf's going to exactly. Are they going to write off two million quid mm. six months? We, what would we pay for him? Being a master, pay two million. <laughs> 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 would you bring him in? Um, it depends on the price. It's as simple as that. I mean, eight, 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 so it's going to be it's going to be half a million. Eight hundred grand. Would you would you sign him? Oh, I don't think so. Let's just put some little transfer. Eight hundred thousand pounds. I think that's what he would cost. Eight hundred thousand. If he's not, I wouldn't. No, not no, that money. If he's not part of their plans, then I suspect it'll just be roll alone on until the end of the season, yeah. if that's allowed, and then mm. see what happens then. I just want to remind the panel the middle transfer of is seven hundred and fifty thousand. No, eight hundred thousand for Paul Goddard. So we only paid that kind of money. We paid that through by books as well. Seven fifty from that money. So we're going to go. Got put into perspective. But, but, what year was that? 1990. <laughs> 1990. Yeah, it's back to when Uwe was 90. Fucking lot of money back then. Where did he come in? It was the mid 90s. Although, again, to put context around that, we had sold Cooper, Ray, Sheridan, Casca, yeah. and we'd got oh, about seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they just invested about 10% of it, didn't they? So the, 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 the mill pushing the boat out rarely ends well. It always, it always ends in tears. The other question about Savile is we do have some decent young central midfield players. Do we really do we want to fill up prioritise our saying in there when there's other things? Well, we've, we we've mentioned Ben Thompson, and I think he brings all the, the Millwall qualities that we look for. We've got Abdu returning. Sean Williams, we haven't mentioned Sean Williams. I think he's. Gold Machine. A gold Machine, Sean Williams. I, I think he's looked good this season. Yeah, he's improved yeah. as each game's gone along. But then he looked really, really good a couple of years ago, and he just got yeah. fucked up by the whole changes. I think he's improved his attitude as well. When he first came, I, like, he was like like the Peck and Perlo, wasn't he? Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Zipping like but the way he was just sitting like back and zipping the this is the point, and I keep saying, banging on about this. Every time we get a central midfielder who's new in, and he flings a few passes around, suddenly it's wow, what a player, what a player. Within two months, he's like, what a cunt, you know? He, 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 because because suddenly you you, 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 you sound like my missus. <laughs> so suddenly you've gone from this player who you, you're lauding because he can string a pass together, yeah. and then you're starting to look at the other elements and aspects of your games. Oh, he's bottled another tackle. He's, he's not, you know, he's not run back and check, check that player back. And, and, and we get it every time we send the midfielders. I think the worst thing at Millwall though is that last summer he was he was making noise. What? 
apparently making noises that you wanted a gun. Yeah. That takes if, a lot of forgiving. I think if I'd have been being managed by Holloway, I'd have wanted to fucking... Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I was looking away. Yeah, at the end of the season, they were being managed by Harris, though, weren't they? So, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I, I just think... Yeah, but there's a hangover to all this sort of stuff, isn't it? I mean, you don't suddenly change your manager and it's all gone completely. There's still a hangover from all this, and it don't matter whether you're Millwall or you're Chelsea sacking Mourinho. There's still going to be some bad blood until it change, changes completely. The whole issue through Lower Mass, through Holloway, a lot of that will send back to Kenny Jacket. Yeah, and, and, and you, you takes you a while to, to get the whole bad blood and ethos out of yeah. it. And, and, and major, major changes. A couple of good boys in, in November. Paris Cowan Hall out on loan. I don't think we'll see Paris back well, in the day. Well, I'll be on the show, should Glass legs. Glass Plaster of Paris, as we call him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jack Powell. You've been, you've been yes, practically. I've, I've, I've written he, my, he must have Anything that sounds spontaneous funny. on this show, listen, I've worked on it all week. Um, <laughs> goodbye, Jack Powell. has gone. I thought the strangers moved for me. He's gone to Braintree in the Vanarama League. Yeah, don't get it. And I, I, I don't understand that because I, I quite like Jack Powell. He's shaping up all right, wasn't he? Yeah, um, like an artistic mission. Remember his first game against Southampton? He was a fucking world player. Yeah. And he was playing against Premier League players. Yeah. He yeah. bought the ball down, trapped it, and beat three players in centre midfield. And I thought, fucking hell, no, where did we find him yeah. from? Yeah. It's like nine. And then when you found out it was West Ham, you thought, oh, yeah, well, they yeah. could have his <laughs> 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 Sometimes we forgive that, mate. We forgive it sometimes when they're good. Yeah, yeah, when they're good. Isn't there a feeling that there's a little bit of something. But really big bollocks or whatever it is, but something that doesn't endear him to Harris or Preston. Yes. Yeah, well, clearly, a bit of I mean, that's yeah, why yeah, I because start hearing some whispers about to be sent where he's been sent. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's that's a knock on the moment, isn't it? Well, no, no, again, this comes back to the problem is for a player of that nature, yeah, League Two clubs don't want a, a you know, ball player no, to around in centre field. No. And, and the conference clubs are often looking for, for more robust. Players and and so he's local to Brantford and he lives out that way, I think. So he's an Essex boy. I mean, in many ways, it, it's, it's strange. One of the things that struck me when I, I read it. I mean, watching Bromley, first time I've seen conference football for for some years, but it it was a bit of a battle in, in midfield. These these were players that didn't mind mixing it. So well, that isn't Jack, yeah, is it? The, the players that play in the conference largely at the moment are professional footballers who haven't quite made it at league level. But uh, uh, robust and, and, and strong and quick. There's a lot of physicality about it, and there's some good players in it. Um, and yet, sadly, a player like Powell needs a team be lost. That, yeah. that is going to play football and get it down on the ground. Yeah. Um, Dare I say it? We are quite well off for midfielders, aren't we? we when I well, looked at yeah. the beginning of the season, the size of our squad. I said there was probably too many midfielders at the club then. But if you, you know, now we bought Savile in. When, when we brought Savile in was when Powell went. Yeah. In, and instead of blooding Powell or bringing Powell in at that time, because remember, I think Williams was in, suspended or injured or something, Upson was out, Jimmy Abdu got injured, I think it was, yes. and everyone's right, this is Powell's chance to, to, to sort of come through and shine. Yeah. Um, and he brought in Savile. Oh, with Upson returning, I mean, the last game that Upson started prior to his return was at. Um Peterborough, and I, I, I thought there he was looking very, very sharp. Um, Abdu went off and he took the, the mantle of the midfield um, driving force, and he got injured himself. Yeah. But now he's coming out, we were expecting to get back to that kind of form. So you're right there, I mean, maybe there just isn't room for yet another midfielder at the club. I like to say, if, he, if he's not fitting in with the ethos of 
what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I wish him well. I was a player that I liked. I, 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 I thought he had talent. I, I want to see him back, frankly. But, but there, um, is, there is the sort of feeling there's a bit of a Josh Wright element about it, in that he can play the fancy football and look the part, but has he really got it in him to be as good as he could be? Achtung, Milbein. I want to mention the Johnstones Paint Trophy, an ill-loved competition. I've never oh, actually been to one. Have you not? No. You never know, went to one? Well, I went to one. You yeah. wanted a 45k, I? I was one of the 45,000. That was the also windscreen, so same competition. Same, I know. Yeah. I'm being, you're being picky on me. Yeah. Um, no, I've not been to any of them. I was going to go to Southend, didn't make it. Um, what do we think? I mean, is, is it a, a worthy... Is, is it boosting the club? I, I honestly thing? thought that Southend might turn us over. Yeah. Mm. Um, because, and, and the reason I thought that is that they've got a very experienced manager that really did a number on us earlier yeah. on in the season. Yeah. Um, and I think, forget the team for a bit, I think it shows how the manager's moved on. Um, and I think that we could... We, well, I certainly think we could go all the way. I think the, the draw against Oxford is eminently winnable. Do you know what though? I'd have, I'd have rather been drawn away first leg. I think we, yeah. we'll win the, the away leg and lose or draw the home leg. Well, I think we've got win. more chance of winning away than we have. Yeah. So is, is there value in the Johnstons well, playing? I think, yeah, yeah, I know. Is, is it? Yeah, is it yeah, uh, I know. Do you know yeah. what? I think the, the players' mentality showed. I could be completely wrong on this, but they, they cared more about that. Than yeah. the game against Wickham. And this, this could be our fourth trip to Wembley. Because they could go and play yeah. Wembley. Yeah. Premier League clubs are more, than, more than the... But it's a Manchester United. United. <laughs> Imagine that, the boost that gives to a young developing squad and a young manager, um, you know, to, to suddenly be going to Wembley again. It's quite a competition um, was set up, wasn't it? You know, it's exactly. akin to the Europa League in its way. It was another real-life competition yeah. on a bigger stage, but it's the same kind of idea that... It's an opportunity to get to a final and, and so money spinning. I, I think people have said, "Why is it so <coughs> far away?" Like you know, the, the, the area. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that you know, in the end, you don't want them focusing on that no. in three weeks down the line. We saw that with the cup final, didn't we? Yeah, everything else goes out, out the window, doesn't it? It's probably bollocks Bongo's holiday plans, aren't it? <laughs> well, he goes every away, week, I want to praise the club, because I bought a ticket for the Johnstone's paint final, Southern area, home leg. Just a tenner. I thought that was actually a nice um, gesture. I mean, you know, I, I thought they might put the prices up for that, that game. Uh, Southern area it's final. The right thing to do. I think they've pitched um, it about right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a tenner. We'll have a nice 14,000 there. Yeah, it should boost the crowds. The, um, the away game should be quite interesting. Oxford used to be a place that, that um, got a little bit interesting. I mean, mate, I'm looking at you two, Don here and, and Peter. Um, I got a fearful any memories you share of Oxford away? A the fearful yeah. fucking kicking down in Oxford. <laughs> I'll tell you, mate, there's fucking proper tear ups here. <laughs> it's the only place I've ever had a fearful kicking, honestly. Yeah. No really? joke, yeah, yeah. And when we got to the ground, people were going, What's the matter with you? I went, Where was you all? Where was everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I was really in a pub. I've been kicked around Oxford. It's the Manor Ground, the old grounds. Yeah, um, the old Manor Ground. Because it was a walk. I haven't been to the new stadium, obviously, yeah. but I'm told it's even further. Yeah. But, um, oh, it wasn't an easy journey. And I think I was about 14 at the time, early 80s, I think, you know. <laughs> Fearful kicking. And everyone laughed. Every, that was everyone's reaction then. They all took the piss out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Heard got done by Oxford. I can't, I can't possibly comment. <laughs> I saw something happen there that will live with me for the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> we can't say that. I'm either leave it in or in no, it. We got, Pete, we've got others, oh, hasn't it? A few of us, and we got sort of separated from, and we we were on a, you know, 
we, we were fucking in trouble, no right. doubt about it. Okay. And we were standing our ground stupidly, <laughs> like, totally outnumbered. We were, you know, we, I, I could see like this was going to end really bad. Yeah, yeah. Then somebody was with us, uh, hit some bloke in the fucking eyeball. Right. With a key in his hand. Oh, fuck. Oh. And the screams were like unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Right. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like downtown Baghdad, did not it? <laughs> Back away. Perhaps I will edit that out. <laughs> not, not, not. The, 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 the show's <laughs> taking a darker turn, this is. Um, <laughs> the man who did it was called Smith with two Fs. <laughs> Oh dear, how do I come yeah, back from that? Memories of that. <laughs> Fuck, you know. This is the show we run, it's yeah. like, You did ask I pursued it too far, listeners. Um. Happy Christmas from Achtung Milball. Would we would we strengthen the squad in the January sales? Are we, would we would we improve? Would we bring anyone in? Would we or would we leave it as it is? Are we are we good enough with the numbers? I'd, I'd be happy to leave it as it is because I think we're more likely to lose than gain. That's what that's my personal. No change for you then, mate. Well, I'd obviously I'd like to see like one or two new faces come in. But if I was if if I if I was given the choice, you know, I'd take staying as, as is yeah. if it meant not losing. I think we could unsettle not losing O'Brien or. Yeah, yeah. or I, I, I think that's yeah. If, if we if we lose one or two. Then, yeah. then you might have to think about. I think if Ferguson and Savile don't stay, because I think their loans are up in January. Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Savile. So then I'd look to replace those two positions, I think, and that, that's about where I'd leave it. Okay. Yeah, because you just upset the apple cart a bit, don't yeah. you? Yeah. The rest of the time. I, I, I think also, you've, you know, there's that old thing in it. If you buy in January, you're panicking a little bit to, to, to fill gaps. Mm. Yeah, at the moment, there's no need to panic. Um, if Aidan O'Brien goes and we do yeah. lose those well, two loan yeah. players, we, we may have to we have don't know. You know, You've got the make, option of emergency loans yeah. and, and out of contract I mean, players. You know, who knows? It could be that someone comes in for O'Brien and they're, they're, they're happy for him to stay with us for the rest of the season. It's unlikely, mate. I think well, if he were to go with Everton and they've got no need for him this year, loaded back. We're not going to push for a car. We've seen that in Elsewhere, really. Teams buy players and send them back on. Well, I mean, the classic one was, was Palace with Zaha. Zaha, yeah. You know, and, and, and there's no reason that we couldn't see the same. If he was going to a club where they're looking at him as a longer term investment rather than he's going somewhere where they think he can suddenly the turn thing is, it, it, it's away. about what's out there for us. Is it better than what we've got? And like you say, if we don't lose o- O'Brien, we've got, you know, up front we've got O'Brien, Lee Gregory, we've got we've Steve Morrison. We've not even mentioned him yet. No, O'Brien gives us that little bit of extra buzz and spark. And the, and the worry would be that a team without Ferguson and without um, O'Brien particularly, where, where's, where's that little bit of spark coming from? We get back to being quite workmanlike. There's nothing... You know, we are quite a workmanlike team. For what, whatever you say, the Gregory and Morrison. But also, the difference in previous seasons, we've got goals all around the pitch at the yeah. moment. Touch yeah, we do. Yeah. You, you know, our, our centre halves are scoring four and fives yeah, yeah, and ones yeah. and twos. Yeah. You've got left backs chipping in with goals. You've got the midfield weighing in. Whereas before, we were too reliant on the front men. So the recruitment team, Andrew Mills and his recruitment team, can wind down. They can up park up. Just park, park him up. up. Park um, him up. Yeah. Maybe start getting the Next year's championship manager for football going, football manager going, yeah, get on that. Get on going on that. So if you listen to Andrew, building, um, building, you've got a championship. If you're listening campaign. to the show, mate, no need for you to do, get out <laughs> do anything. Um, no, no, no recruitment. Keep the powder dry. Um, 
we'll come back to Steve Morrison. That's a good point that Paul's just made. Would we lose anyone in the January sales? Would we be looking to punt anyone out that occurs to the, the panel? Um, Lee Martin would be my... Um, I think Fred could do a loan spell somewhere. Oh, Fred? Yeah. On loan to the end of the season or something? I think he needs to go back. If anybody needs to drop down a leg, it might Build his confidence up a bit. Yeah, get him back. He's a funny one. You're not quite sure what's going on there, Yeah, but if you look at... If you look at... Marquis, when he went to Priestfield, just bringing Steve in, they called, you know, he was, he was shit up. How'd he look down there, Steve? He, they called him the Marquis of Priestfield. We, we, yeah. we, we laughed up our sleeves like, yeah. when Julian took him on, because from our point of view, he was a, a willing player, a Millwall boy. Yeah. Um, but this, I, in my opinion, I don't think it's too harsh to say he was not a success. He had plenty of games, very little return. But he went to Gillingham, yeah. went to the Priestfield, and, and it was like electric, and... What happened? What, what did well, they well, do? Well, I mean, uh, one of my good mates is a Mill fan as well, and he laughed when we signed him yeah. from you. Um, yeah, I did, home. I did. And, <laughs> and it, that, that we, we kind of trusted our Mill companions' uh, <laughs> opinions, and we thought, yeah, uh, why would we sign this guy? Yeah. Look at his goal scoring record for everyone, you know, for Mill or everyone else who went up, out on loan to. Yeah. And we thought, uh, we need goals right now. Um, but all we found was, like, just a. Uh, incredibly direct, hard-working player, um, unselfish, um, and just capable of sticking the ball in the back of the net. So this is a direct style of game that Gillingham were playing, 4-4-2-ish, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 pr- pr- not long ball, yeah. but kind of getting the ball into the box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, no, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, but Marquis has been much maligned about this, but I don't ever really think he's been given a proper real shot at it. Yeah. Well, he was never given a shot in that kind of football. He no, down, down no he's, he's, he's often really had like 10-15 games on the no, stage. No, regardless no. of what we're playing, and and it's it's interesting because, you know, what you spoke about, that you're talking about Marquis. When Marquis was signed, and actually, you mentioned Danny Octon earlier, I was talking to Danny Octon about this the other night. Um, even 20 years ago when Danny was, was in the academy, he was signed because he was a goal scorer. He scored loads of shit, loads of goals. And that's where every striker is signed because he scores shit, loads of goals. At, at younger levels, right? Yeah. But then they want to turn him into something else. Mm. And I always said, Marquis, Kenny Jacket wanted him to become Steve Morrison. Yeah. But yes. Steve Morrison, not Steve Morrison that joined us, but Steve Morrison that, that something... You've seen it in Gregory again this season. Gregory signs a goal scorer. We asked him to do a lot more. It was beyond him last season, but this year he's doing it, and he's now scoring the goals again. And I think that's probably what it was with Marquis. He was given a chance to, to you know, to, to deliver in a... Ten games and about. What was the on on your no. list then? Yeah. What's his? When's his contract? What is his contract? Where where are we with him? Bear, 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 bear. No, so he, only, he did an extra year, didn't he? Because Ginnam offered him two. Yeah, yeah. we offered him one. Down. He, he turned, turned it down. So he wanted to come back. Shows you a little bit. Fair play for that. The point that interests me, just listening to Steve there, I mean, it sounds like Gillingham were playing a fairly conventional 4-4-2, get the ball forward. A little bit like what we've been doing since... You know, the kind of great disaster of Lomas and, and, um, and Holloway, both of whom were stuck on this Premier League thing of retaining possession and then the, the killer pass to the killer forward that gets the goal. Well, John Marquis is not that kind of player. He was never really given a run in a team that played the style of football that might have brought the best out of him. It sounds like when he did go to Gillingham, absolutely, he yeah, was given a run, he did get the football <laughs> and he got the goals. Nine, yeah. nine in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the short order? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he just busted a gut and I think he won over the fans immediately and then hence forth is the Marquis of 
Priest field and was clamouring to sign in, right. um, really hoping that he would turn down. He never had that ear at all, did he? Yeah. I've been a little bit unlucky because I think he was signed back when we were struggling for strikers, and then Morrison suddenly was back on the scene. There was always a big expectation on whoever we played as the lone striker, wasn't there, let's yeah. be honest. And, you know, you don't want to do that to kids, do you? It's not Danny, like, you don't. I, I, sure. I admire him for coming back and looking to tuck yeah. it out. Yeah, but definitely. I think he made the wrong decision. I we also that, slaughter yeah. our own, don't we? I mean, you know, he's a Millwall boy, um, for reasons that have always escaped me at this club, but we... We actually came yeah, with both of our fans. He knew he was at championship level. He, I think in his own mind, you could almost see this air of inevitability that he was always going to be a League One, League Two striker. And I think he was just lost in the championship last year. Paul mentioned Steve Morrison earlier. I want to mention Steve Morrison, a player of, of um, who's, who's made a strange journey. When he first came to us, he was a you know he had that awful start to his career. He's now in the role of elder statesman, um, kind of. Um, Seen as a, as a surrogate club captain in some respects, but a great player for us this season. I think he's been a real um, standout. Great work I, 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 my player of the season. So player far. of the season for you, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. He's not. He's not scored as many goals as as, as maybe you might, you know, as, as some of the others. But he's he's run run his nuts off. He's, he's worked hard. The assists. He's made goals. He, I, I just think that. Considering when he came to us on loan from Leeds the last time, where he looked totally disinterested, I don't know what his personal circumstances were and what was going didn't on in the background. Here, he? he didn't want to be here. He certainly didn't want to be at Leeds. But but now we've got him back permanent. I I thought it was a bad signing when we when we brought him back, and I'm you know I've had to eat my words again. And I would say for me, at the so moment, as a pundit, you're pretty shit. As well. <laughs> shit I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fucking, I'm a fucking you're Alan Hansen. You're a bot. I'm a bot. No, you know what I'm saying is, I think that in terms of his play, he just brings other players in. Yeah, I just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Nick said, elder statesman. He's, I don't know what he's 31, 32 now. He, 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 but to me, he's always had that in his game. But really, it honed it when he started playing up front for Wales on his own. Mm. And, and basically really no thought of ever looking forward he was always playing with his back to goal for everyone to play off him and he suddenly developed a more of an unselfish side but he's always made the runs into the channels he's always been able to bring players in I remember him running into the channels in his first spell here yeah. when we first he's signed him yeah but people used to absolutely cut him off and go why the fuck ain't we in the middle? But I went to a fans forum where they asked Jackie that. They said, why do you play Morrison out wide? And he said, I don't tell him to do that. No, That's his game. Himself. He said he, he chooses to do yeah, those yeah. runs. Yeah. He said, I've never instructed him to play as a wide player. He yeah. said, but he, he finds that space. Achtung, Mehlball. We're fast approaching kickoff time. It's 15 minutes to go, so I want to move along a little bit through the agenda chat. So sorry to cut in. Um, I want to mention, and Steve, you can come in on this one, mate. It's a wider point. The uh, Football League is rebranding itself into the EFL. Um, I think it's from the 2016-17 season. What's our, what's our collective view? I mean, I won't, I won't, I'm going to say, say mine up. Well, I just sighed for the uh, listeners there. <laughs> <laughs> the EFL, what do we think, Chess? Don't matter what you call it, it's still the same fucking level of football, isn't it? The English Football League, I presume. Yeah. I presume it would be a, a tie-in with the... Premier League, which I think is known worldwide as the EPL. They could call it Madam Tiddly Pushy's fucking Emporium for a shit person. Well, yeah. It's still giving it's cunt, it. It's cunt. Yeah. That is the word. I don't care what they fucking call it. It's, it's Division 2. Peter Anderson Memorial. No, it's, yeah. 
Fuck them. So, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I just call it fucking, we're, we're in Division 3. That's it. That's where we are. Yeah. We're in Division 3 now. But division 4 is above us. Division 2 is above us. We're, we're old yeah, gets exactly. and for younger people. This is what they call yeah. it. I think this is what they call it abroad and some of the markets are it's being fired. Well, that's what we call it. Australian, this is the EPL. What EPL team Fuck them. Do we get any more money? Fuck them. We don't give a shit about all that. Money, yeah. Well, actually, the idea is we do try and get more money because they might be able to sell the TV rights overseas, and, and let's, let's see how that goes. Oh, in that case, fucking all for it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, 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 I endorse it fully. This is probably where Hannibal and I might have a disagreement, but I, I just think sometimes money is not the most important issue. The football league, the football league, the football association—I know it harks back to the days of empire and all that shit, but there's something of value in that. Oh, we we're, we're selling things of value for. EFL, NFL, what, what is that? That's just uh, the NBA, the MLB. It, it's a three letters. Three letters. Yeah. Basically, we're getting old. It's cunt. Hey, we're getting old, <laughs> and they're all cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a cunt. There's four <laughs> letters. There's four letters for you. So there's no, no body of support. I'm take that from the panel. No body of support for that. So we're going to we're going to um, close out the first part of the show now with the nostalgia request, which is where I look at Don again and and Peter. Um, that's loads of me. I've got a totally wrong idea. I've got your memories of going to Oxford. We've done Oxford, or maybe I've moved to London. I'm younger than I look, you know. We've got postponed last week. This is one from Jason Bourne on the House of Fun. Not not the Jason Bourne, right? No. He's in some kind of Matrix world, isn't he? Any long distance trips to places like Oldham, only for it to be postponed in the pouring rain or snow? Anything of that kind, Chet? I remember going to Norwich one year, we were getting about six miles outside Norwich and that got called off. Is that yeah. the cup game? Yeah. Frozen pitch? Frozen pitch. I yeah. came back and went to Welling, watched Welling play Wickham. Yeah, we just took over a pub and got smashed. It's a rare thing. It's probably been the normal. Yeah. An old school postponement is a rare thing in the modern game. I was actually quite. And the old and pitch. I'll tell you what, I'll be surprised if we don't see a bit of it this winter. Yeah. You know, it's, what, it's too warm. It's 16 degrees. No, it's just a little bit of 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 a little was when it snowed, and that wasn't inside this stadium. It was because it, it was, was snowing outside. Yeah, outside. Yeah. Which, do you remember? Do you remember the ridiculous Wolves game that was being yeah, shown yeah, on yeah, ITV? On on it it right. would stick. The referee it, came out in snorkel and scuba right. gear. Yeah. But because it was being yeah, shown yeah, live, I mean, right. if anyone was going to get a broken leg, it was at that fucking game. Can't be going for fuck's sake. I mean. You know, you think back to, to harking back to when we used to watch football in the seventies on the match of the day. And that, and where would this be? Bobbly, muddy, it's it's like the grass. There's no grass on the pitch. No grass. No. Yeah. It was all. Nowadays, like these pristine services, they get all pressures. Well, look at Blackpool's pitch for the last three fucking seasons. Yeah, and there's been like the sandpit, isn't it? It's unplayable. Last year, Charlton three games postponed. Yeah, and one one abandoned for bloody pitch. You know what you want from House of Fun. Wants a little bit of nostalgia about Gillingham games as we're playing the Jules today. Um, he's got a few from the 1980s. These are just score lines. I don't. I don't remember these games. Three all at, at, at Priestfield in 1983. 
and then a 4-1 away where I presume we won that in our promotion year um, I think we were three or four new up at half time I just hate you anything to do with Andy remember that one well, yeah well, I, I think I remember both those games but one of the games right, I remember um, it all kicked off in the uh, in the home end yeah. and a load of Millwall fans got escorted out along the pitch yeah. right, and uh, if I remember rightly I think I was one of them <laughs> very diplomatic. Very diplomatic. We'll come back to the later. Well, there was an old boy, but there was an old boy. That, like it was, it was quite funny because mm. in amongst our numbers yeah. was this geezer. Who looked, he was about seventy-five. I remember it's uh, back in the seventies. Do you remember the Ken Cup? But it was like we were like fucking starved of football, I suppose, <laughs> anyway, you know. But I remember going to Gillingham and we got there, we got into we went into the end where where you would go now as a Millwall fan. I'm mm. sure it was actually coming you come in that end in there, like and um there was a there's about twenty or thirty Millwall fans already in there. There's only about four or five of us, like you know. So yeah, all those and what's going on? And mine said, "We're gonna fucking go and do them. They're up there, in the, that's, that's their end up there." So we, there, was, there was a tidy old mob up there. So I like fourteen or fourteen. So I looked at me brother, God rest his soul, like, and he's up for it anyway. So really? Really? Goes, we fucking go right. So yeah, okay. Then. Of course, they all started jumping over the pitch and going, didn't they? They're all going, and I'm, I, I think I said 14. I thought, fuck this, this is like real, this is real stuff. Like, you know, they're going to run out there and start fighting with people. So my brother's going, come on, you can't, like, fucking, he's not going to jump. So I'm like, I better go. I, I was more frightened of him than. Yeah, you thought <laughs> yeah. you were going to fight him down the other end. He's famous, mate, mate. fucking head, like, So I, I got on the wall, and as I. This is a God's honest truth. I jumped and my fucking ankle went on. <laughs> As I got up, I could hear this beep, 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 beep. And do you remember them, um, like, I think they used to call them long wheel based invalid carriers? Yeah. The light blue thing. Oh, I'm just oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm you're a fucking idiot. So, I'm not joking, he was fucking aiming for me. Chased by a disabled dick. Don't hit me. You couldn't even outrun that. The angle was gone, mate. He hit me hard, he caught the back of my arse, and I fucking gone over, and everyone's like, and I was like behind everyone, I'm hobbling up, I'm still going for it, so I thought my brother's going to fucking do it. And I got to the other end, it was all over by the time I there we are. There's a couple of Gillingham memories for you, listeners. Um, Chelsea look a bit wobbly in the Premier League. May get relegated. I, I, Good, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, oh, <laughs> come on. I just wanted to throw this in because younger listeners won't be aware that Millwall Chelsea games are supreme events, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> the the, the Stamford Bridge is burning down. Lost four one. Kevin Wilson actually. The best one ever was the home game, the same season, the Milk Cup game. Yeah. Where they had to land a police helicopter on Senegal Fields <laughs> to separate fans. Do you remember that one, Don? Absolutely. What they did, they, the Aldert Road was a sterile area. You had to show tickets about nine times to get anywhere near the stadium. So all the Millwall fans were at Cold Blow Lane end and had to, could only use those turnstiles. What the police forgot was Surrey Canal Road joined the fucking two roads up. Yeah. So literally, Millwall and Chelsea were steaming towards each other across. Um, 
the old Senegal field where the dog track is, mm. and the helicopter was above, shining its light down, and could see what was going to happen. It was like Ireland. There was just not enough police to deal with it. So this helicopter just kept coming down and coming down and coming down. I'm thinking, he's going to fucking land that. Apocalypse now or something. And that was the only way, and everyone turned and scattered and ran in different directions because they just couldn't get the old build out to separate. It wasn't always selfie sticks and, uh, you know, foreign hampers. None of this exists, but certainly... The lighting of the billboard uh, in, in Stamford Bridge at the oh, old yeah, end, yeah, and you know yeah. when they were trying to save Stamford Bridge yeah. and all oh, yeah. that was lit up. We're all in there. Yeah, yeah. There's about four and a half that thousand of us in there. We're going like, I'm mistakenly. When they set fire to the stand, we were just standing here. We can't get out. It's the sort of thing. It's kind of like a game of it. You know what I mean? In the away game. But no one cared. They all started doing it. They were all doing it. We're going to die. I don't know how this is going to come across to the rest of us now. <laughs> Five blokes speaking at once. In, in the away game, the, uh, the famous 3-2 cup game, there was a lot of Millwall fans queuing at, I think, the north stand to try and get in the open terrace. And the bloke went, quick lads, through here, there's no queue. Um, little, little did I know, I was about 17, I think, we've gone through gate 13, which was where their notorious little mob stood at the bottom of the, yeah. the, the, the terrace there, uh, the seats there. And as we've gone through, we're now in, in their end, right? <laughs> and there must have been about 15 or 20 of us. And the whole of that stand ran towards the shed. We literally <laughs> emptied the lower tier of that stand. And they, the police got us onto the pitch and just walked us back to the Millwall end. And everyone was cheering us. And to this day, I didn't know what I was fucking doing. I thought I was just getting in front of the you saved your life, mate. <laughs> I, I actually took the Chelsea end. There we are. <laughs> Peter took the Chelsea end. Um, the Chelsea end. I think that's we're five minutes before kickoff, so probably going to close out part one of the show. That's the round table. I want to thank Derek, Peter, Steve, Mick, Don, and Paul for that part of the show. We're going to be waiting the teams coming out shortly, and then we'll um, return after the break. Happy Christmas from Achtung Millwall. Welcome back to the show, listeners. Here we are. Mill versus Gillingham. Quite an atmosphere. The uh, upper tier of the away end is three quarters full. Mill part of the ground looks pretty full to me, Don, doesn't it? I thought there'd be more, to be honest. But, yeah, better than what we have been getting. Yeah, uh, West Stand, Barrakesha stands, a few empties at the uh, either ends. Game is underway. Gillingham all in red. Mill in their traditional dark blue and white. Today's teams will Jordan Archer in goal, defensive line, Joe Martin, Carlos Edwards, Beavers and Webster, midfield, Sean Williams, uh, Savile, Ed Upson, Aidan O'Brien, up front, Morrison and Gregory. We're broadcasting today's show from the uh, courtesy of Mixie's corporate box, which has given me the, the luxury of a team sheet today, listen. so I might try and see if I can give the Gillingham players names rather than sh- mere numbers. I see that Josh Wright is playing at number 44 for them today. Do you remember Josh Wright, listeners? He used to play for Millwall. It wasn't very good. That's been a bit harsh on the boy. I quite like Josh Wright. Some tough tackling midfield there between Jules Savile and Sean Williams. It's going to be a battle today, I think. Mill players look up for it, as you can hear the crowd are responding. They like what they're seeing. It's a promotion battle. It's not how many years since we've been able to say that at the day. A promotion battle 
between two reasonably local rivals. Just having a conversation inside the box as to whether Gillingham is uh, a local rival or whether it's a derby match. It's not quite a derby match, but equally it's the closest thing we're going to get to one this season. So um, certainly it's been treated as such in, inside the ground today. Long free kick falls there from the Gillingham midfields. Mill clear their lines. Real one-two ball there, aiming from uh, one-two from Lee Gregory towards Steve Morrison, but it didn't quite work. End-to-end game, good atmosphere. It's coming up for 15 minutes in the game, listeners. It's, as expected, it's been a battle. Um, no clear chances for either side. Both having moments going forwards, but no clear-cut chances being won by either team. But certainly it's been what you might call a, a League One trial of strength so far. 15 minutes gone. Mill conceding uh, possession a little bit too freely and easily. Down the midfield, ball through the middle. Oh, he's missed a sitter! It's a penalty. No, he's... What happened there? Jingleberg. Jingleberg through a goal. Put it wide. Yellow car for the Jingle forward. Hard to tell you what happened there, listeners. Derision from the middle end. I thought it was a clear cut chance. 16 minutes uh, on the clock, clear-cut chance for Julian for on goal. Julian put it wide, I think he must have dived trying to find the penalty, I don't know. He's got a yellow card for his troubles. And match derision, match derision for the, for the junior end. Where's Steve? Here he is. <laughs> I presume that was a dive trying to feign a penalty. I don't know what. Hard to tell the distance and the angle we're at, listeners. It's, it's been a scrappy style, and they're trying to. It has, but we are trying to get the ball down. If, if you know, when we do try and get it in midfield, we are trying to get it down and play yeah. it. And Aiden's making a few decent runs in there. A real, a real retro, old school battle so far. If you look at that midfield, they're, they're all footballers in our midfield. Yeah. You know, they they all get the ball down and play, and they're trying not to let us. Um, I mean, even Josh Wright flew into attack in the first five minutes. Yeah, we, never, we never saw we never that. Never saw that in two no. years. <laughs> The referee's just given more a throw in when um, Carlos Evans clearly took it over the line there, Mick. Is he, is he, the, is he, the, is he the one referee that's, that's on our side? Every Mill fan knew that was a, a, a Gillingham throw in there. We might raise this as a subject half time. The quality of refereeing is absolutely appalling these days, isn't it? I mean, it's working in our favour so far, but you've got to be honest, it's terrible refereeing. The Lions have been called on a foul throw there from a gentleman in the box next to us. Gillingham free kick on the right hand side of the Mill penalty area as we approach the 19th minute of the game. Another opportunity for them to get the ball into our area. 23 swings it in uh, into the Mill boxes across the box. It's a goal. Scrapped in the far posts. Gillingham one more up. That's a basic free kick. No one seemed to get a touch on it. It seems to have crept in the far post. Defensive error, it looked like. First reading. One nil Gillingham. Jill's fans ecstatic, they bought a fellow turn out here, that looks like about 2,000 up there. Top tier, three quarters of the top tier. It's been a scuffly start to the game. Flick on header there from Steve Morrison, who's Lee Gregory, he's got a corner. He gave a goal kick, linesman's um, finding ill favour now amongst the Mill fans. He was our mate a minute ago, but he's not now. It's been a bit of a battle so far, they've come down with a, a, the intention to mess up our game, clearly and to play it with a physical edge and we've not really found a way to respond to that yet we're goal behind and at the moment I've got to say Mill don't really look like they know a way to get back into it so let's hope that that changes 
During a breakdown, 14 down the left-hand side, cuts inside centre, just inside there on cushion forward. Jordan gets clattered. In the penalty. How's our penalty? Jordan must have touched there forward, and it's given a yellow. Off. He sent him off. Jordan Archer sent off for a ball to play forward. Gillingham goalkeeper, Gillingham uh, forward running on the goal. Jordan comes out, touches him, referee gives a penalty and sent him off. End of the game. Fuck me, that was quick, wasn't it? 25 minutes gone, so enter David Ford. Lee Gregory's the substitute for, for David Ford to come in. Ed Upson, excuse me, Ed Upson's taken off. Gregory remains in the game in that case. Somebody of a gamble, keeping two strikers up front. Yeah, but you know what, you've got to score goals if you're going to get back in the game. So at the end of the day, you might as well lose. So Upson's coming out again, the then Ford will come in. So here we go, it's either going to be the den erupts or it's going to be 2-0 and the den maybe subsides, I don't know. 23 is going to take it. Ford makes himself big in a goal. The odds must be in favour of the striker. Oh, we should be a penalty, shouldn't they? Listeners, am I willing something to happen here? You bet I am. Here we go. 23 steps up to take. 2 0, straight down the middle. 2 0. Big ask now, listeners. Big ask. No 2 down. And a 10 men as well. Referee, Mr. Clear, Paul and Mark Beavers there. Here's the 23 again. Fantastic save by David Falls. Referee Mr. Clear, Clear Pullum, Mark Beavers there. Referee's losing the plot out there, listeners. This Carl was overlapping on the left-hand side now. Mill coming forwards more since going to the second goal with Savile inside. Savile shoots from distance, that's over the bar. Nice effort, what we want to see more of, but over the bar. 34 minutes gone, Mill nil, Gillingham two. The extra man be kind of telling it on occasions at the moment for Gillingham. They're just finding um, bodies in the way where we're trying to work space. And they're, they're filling those spaces, unfortunately. But then that will always be the essence of a ten-man game, won't it? Unless you're Barcelona, it's a very difficult situation to be in. The three makes a fantastic run down the left-hand side. Fires across the, the middle penalty and taken well, very well by David Fall. But he's, he's, he's tearing us a new arsehole down the left-hand side there. Pulled that three, isn't he? Very, very good. He's very good going forward. I was just saying to Derek, I'm not sure how good he is when, when he's defending because we've not made him defend. So we've done any of that, no. We've got to get in half-time in the current situation, do a bit of a rethink, a tactical rethink. It's not working for us at the moment. We don't seem switched on. We do seem a little bit off, off our game, and Jillian have come down here to do a job, and so far, they're doing it. Oh, he's having to do all the work himself, and he's doing the work. Going down the left-hand side, it's a beautiful run. He's continuing. Ball into the box, he finds Morrison, who can't control it on his chest. Fantastic effort by Carlos Edwards. Took the ball almost a length of the pitch there, you can hear the applause. Fantastic tackling by Joel Savile and Joe Martin over there. Mill with a free kick. Amazingly, I don't know how we done that, but we did. Hello, a little bit of handbags. Handbags over on the far right. As we look, we're in the... Players gone down like... We've actually gone down. It's all going off in the middle. Fisticuffs. Fisticuffs. Crowd loving it. Players being dragged away. Life has gone in there, still kicking off. Right's in the mix. I've never seen that battle fight from Josh Wright before, Peter. 
Achtung, Mehlball. You know, it's been a dramatic half, listeners, when you, you get into the box and there's another roar of something outside, so you go rushing to the window to see what else was kicking off. So, slightly stunned <laughs> Mixie's box as we get in half-time. Oh, apart from Steve, who seems quite happy. How's it going, Steve? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing a technical thing. No. <laughs> that was a refereeing performance and a half. I, I know we always mention poor standards of refereeing, but... That takes it to a new level for me. That, that off. Off. He was giving us everything. He was. Then, he was giving us stuff we weren't deserving. I mean, you know, maybe he's bipolar. Bipolar. I don't know what he is. I couldn't make it the tail of the brawl. I didn't say who was who was doing what out there. It was an old school I, I, fight. I, I thought if there hadn't already been a sending off in this game, that one or two could have gone there. Well, I, I thought O'Brien like chinned someone. Uh, well, I thought there was hands yeah. on people's faces. Someone chinned someone, I'm sure of it. Is yeah, no, I, I, saw, I, saw, yeah, I, I saw fisticuffs going around there. Two yellows just implied to me didn't know what, what to make of the whole situation and uh, called it quits at that point. I mean, fairness to Gillingham, they've come here with a plan, they've scuffled their way through to that critical first goal. That was a soft goal to give away, wasn't it? And they've done a job on us, really. Um, fair play to, is it Justin Edinburgh, manager? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, yeah. Fair play to him, I thought that was actually a masterful effort on their part. It, it looked like the whole of our defence missed that goal. I don't know, I'll have to have a look at it later on, but it looked like a whole defence. It yeah. bypassed everybody, frankly. I think someone must have thought someone else was getting it, yeah. and no one did. So soft defence. Um, the sending off of Jordan Arch was a, was a strange decision. I need to see it again I mean, in real time. It was like it was a 50-50 clatter, and somehow he's, he's judged to be a penalty. And, and, um, but again, it was a though, wasn't it, in the defence? Yeah, but then Julian would come, they actually play, pressed us quite high, it tends to be what we do to others, and they come here and done the same back at us. Yeah. And it's paid off, I mean, you've got, you've got to say, that they're, they're justifiably ahead. I don't know what it does, damage limitation. Well, the substitution... Um, Suggested it was far from his mind was damage limitation. Well, he kept he two, left, he kept all three well, he left all three strikers on it. If you think about it that way, you yeah. know. And, and at the time, like I say we were only one down. I know, it was yeah. Penalty, but I was surprised. Like I say, when it took, it was up since number went off, I thought, yeah. 
and could have been free. The wrong number. Forward, same. Yeah. We, 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 are, we are lacking energy in midfield. I think um, there's, there's a lot of space well, there. You see I mean, that when um, Edwards done that run from one end of the pitch to the other down yeah, the wing. Yeah. And three of the midfielders stayed back. Yeah. There's no there's no movement. There's no yeah. fire. So maybe I do this. You can't be bothered to go, go with him. We've got to change it half time with two down as massive as a mountain to climb. I mean, you've got to make an effort at least. Uh, the only thing you would say, I was saying to Derek earlier, is that they probably can't keep the energy levels up. They're chasing us down all the time. They can't keep that up, but they're 2 0 up. They're 2 0 up. up. They, they don't need to do too much. What do you mean? No, but what do you do? Do you, do you say, right, let's probably have a go and, and lose four or five? <laughs> You know, or try and contain them. I don't see the point. Yes, yeah, I don't. So it's not different to losing two 0 or four 0 is there? Really? Yeah. But it's the end result. What, what I would have looked to do at that point was just keep it steady and then look at having a go at them in the last twenty. Just keep it at two 0 and then have a bash at them when they've tired legs because they're putting a lot of effort. Oh, massive amount. They're going to run out of, of, of legs eventually. Okay. But now they're two 0 against ten it's men. They're going to exhaust them a little bit. Yeah. You know? exactly what they were doing. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if they keep up with that Olay bollocks, it'll yeah. be 1984 again, I'll be up with them, <laughs> <laughs> There we are. We're going to be right back after these messages. Achtung, Mehlball. You know I never read No Match Day magazine no one likes us on TLR, neither are those things, oh CBL, a magazine. CBL magazine is the best Millwall fanzine around. Just too quick, it's on sale before every home game. TBL, a magazine. TBL. Magazine. And CBL has left the building. Happy Christmas from Achtung Millwall. So I'm talking to Mick C, courtesy of your box here today, Mick. Thank you for allowing us in, mate. More it's fantastic. Than, more than welcome, gentlemen. Now then, you are doing a lot of stuff in relation to a charity dear to your heart. Yeah. Why it, to... It, well, it's, ride, it's, ride it's actually... It's, yeah, so well, it, that's how I originally got involved. Hmm. It's the Friends of the Princess of Wales Royal Regiment, which yeah. is my dad's old regiment. Okay. And um, there's... Uh, I got to know a few a few guys in a, in, uh, in in the regiment that's, uh, that's raising funds, and they, they did a ride... Um, I think it was 3,000 miles coast to coast across across America um, in, I think, 13 days. That's pretty some going. And one of the guys, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Jay Baldwin, Sergeant Jay Baldwin, who uh, lost his legs in uh, an IED in Iraq. And uh, so he, he basically did it on a handbike, which I think is a tremendous... That's amazing. It's an amazing achievement. On a handbike, amazing. So I sort of got involved, um, sort of sponsoring them on that. And yeah. then what I also did was put the... Uh, Put spaces in the box up for auction, for um, for and, and any funds raised went straight to the charity, which is how we come to be here today. Exactly, you put it on the house of fun. So yep. any listeners that want to make a donation, yeah, please contact. Can me. contact Mick Mick C, courtesy of the House of Fun. Um, and in relation to uh, in return for a donation to the Princess of Wales Regiment Fund, you'll um, entertain them in your box. Which exactly, is a brilliant gesture. Exactly, um, and, and I mean the the, the uh, Jay had sort of terrible problems with his with, with his legs. Um, the, uh, the the prosthetics that uh, that the NHS provided were just causing him immense pain. Yeah. So um, the 
the, the charity funded him to go to Australia for a process called osseointegration, which is where titanium rods are uh, drilled into the into the bone, yeah. so that the legs can be the legs the, the you know the artificial legs can be can be attached that way, right. which is which has essentially changed his life. I mean, so when you first when you first suffer a trauma like that, the first thing they, they, that, that you have to do is take on an enormous amount of weight. So basically, just eat as uh, like. You know any shit you want, and yeah. uh, and yeah. Basically, that's that's part of the process. Cause, you know, in order to fight infection and stuff yeah. like that, it's about it's a, you know it's about sort of you know it's about taking on calories. Oh, you showed me a picture before the game, which yeah. is not for public consumption, no. but it is quite a sight it's to terrific. see yeah. what these their boys yeah. get from these devices. So, um, and uh, but basically, he, um, he he put on five stone. Right, through, uh, right. through having to build know, himself up for to this. build himself up, and then since he's got the new legs, he's 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 been able to completely lose that five stone right. again, and he's and you know, and as I said, taking part in a you know. Cycling across the, across uh, like three thousand miles across the USA, we know legs. I think is a, is, is yeah, a massive massive achievement. Yeah, fantastic. Now you're also doing a, an event in the summertime. I think, yeah, so we call it P four H, so party for heroes, right. uh, and it's at the Beaverwood Club in Chislehurst. Yeah. It's a Beaverwood Place. It's the big, beautiful, big marquee. Oh, no, right. yeah. It's a, yeah, fantastic venue. We've got a great DJ lineup. Okay. Uh, we've got Steve Proctor, uh, Andy Nichols, uh, Brian Jones, and Jakey J, uh, who's uh, sort of part of the Fascinations team. I don't know some some school names are passing me by yeah. me, but I'm, I'm, I'm nodding impressed. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got, we got a great DJ lineup, and also, uh, if you get there early, for people to get there early at, um, at, like, at 6.30, uh, Brian Wood, who's a good friend of mine, uh, he won the military cross in the Battle of Danny Boy, and uh, which is quite a famous battle, mm-hmm. um, and he led, it was the first bayonet charge since the Falklands wow. that, that he, actually, he actually led, so they, in, over three hours, they, uh, they, they, uh, they, they cleared three trenches and sort of you know racked up quite quite a few kills. Amazing. I mean, yeah. listen, all my war boys, but I don't think any of us can can contemplate what hand to hand fighting like that. The bayonet charge is old school, isn't it? Proper yeah. old school. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, So he'll be doing a talk. We've also got. I don't know if anyone's watched that the program SAS who dares wins, but Foxy's going to come down as well and right. give a talk. Only, assuming he's not he's not filming the second series of, of that at that time, but he's you know he'll definitely be there. So he's he's been out with us a couple of times. And, Sounds uh, a fantastic game. How can people get hold of tickets for this? Uh, 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 if you want to contact me, the tickets are 25 quid ahead. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just contact me. Do you need an email address or anything you can give away? Or uh, look, I'm quite happy to give my, my sort of work. You obviously can do it through the House of Fun. Okay. Um, there's also a Facebook page, which is P4H, Party for Our Heroes. That's, yeah. So if you just type search P4H, that would, the, the events will come up on that. But alternatively, if anyone wants, anyone wants to email me directly, it's mick.cooper at isys-data.com. That's my, that's my sort of uh, my work email address. So you can contact me that way as well. Um, and there is a there is a, a sticky post on House of Fun as well about it. So there and there's lots of uh, lots of information. See on House of Fun. That's correct. Um, yeah. Anyone with, uh, wants to contact the uh, Cold Blood Lane CBL, the Mag at Hotmail.co.uk. I'll pass them on to Mick as well. Um, it's a fantastic course. I yeah. think everyone can get behind. Um, so we got 300 tickets. We sold 100 so far. Yeah. So they are sort of going. And you know, it'd be nice if we get a good. You know, what I'd like to do is try and um, try and sort of sell. All, all the tickets really by sort of end of January, early mid Feb. If we can get if we can we can get that, that enables us to sort of focus on other things. We've got some great auction prizes as well. Obviously the regiment are supporting us, so we've got a parachute jump. Um, we've got uh, we've got a um, uh, like a range day, a, like a shooting range day, um, all sort of courtesy of the, of the uh, Princess of Wales Royal Regiment. Uh, we've got. Uh, 
the champagne cruise. We've got very we're sort of in the process Plenty of confirming, confirming all that. So yeah, there's going to be some pretty interesting. Oh, there's also a, a sort of regimental dinner down at the um, the Canterbury yeah. HQ of uh, PWRR Princess right. of Wales Royal Regiment again. And uh, yeah, so there'll be there, there's there's lots of sort of good stuff happening. We've also got where um, if anyone wants to Google uh, Brigadier Matt Mayer, that's uh, surname M A E R. Um, he'll be coming along. He actually lives in Chislehurst as well, and uh, he. Um, He's uh, got an MBO, uh, DSO, so he's sort of highly decorated. And uh, if you want to sort of Google him, there's quite a lot on Wikipedia as well. So you know, we've got we've got some interesting stuff. It's fantastic, Mick. Really wish the evening well. Thank I you. want to thank you again for today's hospitality. More than welcome. Listeners will be hearing this little interview again because I'm going to lift it and run it on the successive shows. So I want to see the show do well. So great stuff. Appreciate it today, Mick. Well done, Mick. Thanks very much. Happy Christmas from Achtung Milbal. Away we go, we're attacking the cold blow lane in. Steve Morrison throw in about halfway inside the Gillingham half. Looks like he's going to try a long one. This is the Steve Morrison long throw is a, a new development. I don't think I knew he had it. It is a long throw, a decent long throw as it goes. In towards the near post, it's headed back to Morrison. Beavers in the mix there, couldn't quite control the ball. That's quite a decent looking long throw he's got there. I never knew he had that. Gillingham break forward here, the 23 is going inside the box, fan ball. Given by the referee. Should be a booking, it's deliberate. You're right, Peter. That's right. 57 minutes gone, still 2 0 down, but Mill showing a lot more drive and a little bit more structure in the second half. He's completely conceded the midfield here. He's saying, like, we'll have it at the back of the front. Yeah, won't worry about yeah the that's right. Anymore. It looks like we've uh, gone very light midfield, going to get the ball forwards, making a direct second half. I suppose we're having a gamble, Peter, aren't we? So it's going to be a, a mill free kick just inside our own half. But hard to see why we got that free kick, as I'm just saying to Don next to me. But anyway, it's a free kick for us, punted forward by Carlos Edwards to no one. <coughs> Another offence for me. I missed that one, Don. What was that for? No idea. It's on the edge of the penalty area. Maybe looking, looking with intent or something of that kind. I don't know. It's consistently poor, isn't he? It's yeah. consistently erratic in his decisions. Yeah. Just, just on the edge of the uh, Gillingham penalty area. It's a real opportunity. 63 minutes gone. Couldn't be Aidan O'Brien standing over it. I would imagine he's going to take a shot. Nothing else really that would make any sense from this opportunity. A curling shot. Well, she'll see. There we go. Real chance. It's going to be Ferguson. Is curl round the left side. Nah. 64th minute. Ball into the box. He finds O'Brien. What can O'Brien do? Shoots. Goalkeeper takes on the line. Off the line. Wow. Hard to save this distance. Shot for Aidan O'Brien. Cleared off the line twice by the goalkeeper. Corner of the middle wall. Corner floats in central towards Lee Gregory. Bouncing around on the line there again. Cleared though by Gillingham. More panicky now in their defence. O'Brien, the distance. Plays out wide. Who's this Ferguson? Over on the right hand side. He beats his man nicely. Gets a nice little cross in. It floats around. Sean Williams blasts it high. Over the bar, wide actually in the end. Opportunity there for Millwall. Doing the best we can in the 10 man situation we're in. There's Morrison there inside the box. It falls to Ferguson. The referee gets involved again, gives the decision to Gillingham. Have a long ball forward from Shane Ferguson. Wind swirling around the den starting. Falls to Gregory inside the box. Can he get onto the goal? He's missed it. Fantastic save by the Gillingham goalkeeper. Gregory free inside the penalty area and puts it wide. Well, well saved. Let's be fair to the goalkeeper. who done very, very well there. Should have been a goal. 
real opportunity for Lee Glover. Got a begging there. Another ball flowed into the middle. Goalkeeper drops it. Takes a. Pelsher had a handball. Byron Rebson was lined up to shoot. Always took the goalkeeper's head off. Shooting a bit of free kick. Decent cross more centrally. Oh, headed over the bar by Aidan O'Brien. Another opportunity goes missing. 73 minutes gone. 23, get a little bit of flack. Been a dangerous player for them. Always a dangerous player. Has draw the, the attention and the ire of the Millwall crowd, do they not? He's taking his time. He's picking a little bit of mud out of his boots. He's got a kind of a Jesus style look about him. Oh, the wind's blowing his football now. Here he goes again. Doing a free kick. Right hand side, long, deep. Full should take and does. 15 minutes of this left, listeners. So, last 10 listeners. Don't look good at the moment. Still two behind. Giving it a go in the second half, but it's the best we can say, really. Fred bundled off the ball quite easily. He does, as we were saying earlier on, he looks a little bit light, doesn't he, at this, at this level. Fools out of my moment. He's taken the. Uh, 44, gets a yellow card for that, takes a 14, excuse me, gets clattered, who's getting a torrent of abuse for getting clattered, in all fairness to him, he didn't do anything wrong now, Stewart's hook, shooting him up the shoe, put a ball over the bar, we have to ask this lady next to me, where are you from my darling, you're not from Bermondsey I can tell. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas, so your first time at the den. Yes. Do you enjoy it? Oh, oh it's amazing. Now you've been here, it's a lifetime commitment, it means you've got to come back and back and back. It's a lifetime sentence. We're going to the Millwall game at South End. There you go, well done, <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> it's not always this calm, it's, it's, it's quite a calm day. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was hoping for a little bit more excitement. <laughs> Five minutes left on the clock. I don't think we're going to do it, listeners, but uh, where we are. We've given it a go in the second half. I think that's, um, that in itself is something. We've been hidebound by the referee's decision-making today. Fred brings the ball away. What can he do now? He can do nothing. He runs in about three defenders. Defensive error concedes a third goal. Now a minute short of regular time. That's going to be that. 3 0 Gillingham. Going stretching at the end, during a break forwards, defensive mix-up between Ford and I think it was um, Ferguson. And uh, basically, Gillingham players got through on goal, lost it in. It's an uh, easy enough chance in the in the end. And now I'm afraid, my dear listeners, is game over. Game set and match to Gillingham. <laughs> Gillingham 14 down like he's been shot, as though he's just come back from that. Oh, he's all right. A minute ago he was looking like he'd just been in Afghanistan, now he's alright. Referee seems to have lost track of who he's booking, who's got how many bookings, and who should have a red card. The man has no sense of the control over the game whatsoever. He's gone over his fourth official, I think, to check in and see what's going on in his own game of football. This is a farcical scene where two uh, officials are trying to sort how many yellow cards each has got. No red. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yellow car for, for Byron Webster. Don't know what he's doing. No, that's true. No red card. So yellow car for Big Byron. Awful referee. Absolutely awful referee.
he's turned the game, his decision making has been critical and we've lost uh, an opportunity, oh, who knows if we would have won anything out of it or not, but the, uh, the referee's played a critical part and that shouldn't be so, should it listeners? Josh Wright wants to have it with a crowd at the moment, he's been dragged away by his own players, he, he wants to go and have it with some of those fans over there, giving him some right old stick. The game's descending the high comedy. Josh Wright getting involved with uh, Mill fans over on the far right hand side there in the upper west stands, I call it Barry Kitchener stand. It's only one Josh Wright the Julian fans believe. Who knew? Who knew? Five past five. I think Strictly Come Dancing comes on soon. The game's still continuing. There is 3 0 to Julian in the end. A dramatic afternoon's events at the den. Referee playing a critical role in the uh, debacle as it finished. <laughs> 23 just got hit on the head of the football. There is a god. Great effort, second half on Mill. Poor first half from the Lions. We were a little bit overrun by Drew. Came with a plan, stuck to it, and done well. Second half, we were more in it. We bypassed midfield. In the end, two goals, and the referee were just not too much for us to surmount. So there it is, disappointing result, but you can't fault the, uh, the effort in that second half. Achtung, Mehlball. So we're back in the, um, back in Mick C's box for a bit of post-match, post-mortem. Um, I think they were effective, they weren't brilliant. They just they pressed us high early on and we got behind them. I thought they were useful enough. I mean, but obviously, once the referee played his part, it's very hard to judge actually because we were never going to get back from two 0 down. And the well, third no, goal I was the second half. There was a couple of occasions where I thought it's going in for Norway. It's going in. Uh, it, it didn't. It, it made perhaps all two. But in, in Gillingham style, we, we, that, that was a game that we would have played away. Def- well, most definitely. Mm. They tried more with ten men and they never left. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed at half. They had a try with eleven men. The second half, we kind of had to. We've gone two down. Yeah, yeah. Um, referee. We should do that from the start. I think. I think we had a lot. Yeah. Of pos- we had a lot of possession second half. Yeah. Without really. What did they go on? Well, 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 two saves. We had nothing on target. I mean, I think there were a couple of occasions where the, the goalkeeper um, had to actually put hands on ball. one on one with Gregory, wasn't it? He done well there. He done well there. Brian one, which was point blank. I think he was right on something. Yeah. The midfield's weak, isn't it? Yeah.
According, according to the BBC stats, Gillingham had nine shots. Millwall had nine shots. That's yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not sure about that. Well. Well. We two on target for us. Didn't we have three, three, three in quick succession that, that were blocked yeah, in that? So, you know. What about possession? 48% to 52%. I'd say that if you look at the whole game, it was quite an even game. Yeah. yeah, another thing I can take for it from today's game is um, number eight, Jake Hesenthal. I've got a vision of there being a whole city of Hesenthalers down on the Medway. They've got to clone, clone them down there. Can you shed any light on this, Steve, for us? How many Hesenthalers you got down there? That's his granddad. Is he in Brady? They've all got four legs. There's just the one male Hesenthal. There's a whole line. There's a lineage of other Hesenthalers. Go on and go on. I remember it. <laughs> Jake has no, a cuntage of Hesenthalers. There we go. So that's, that's a poor start of Christmas. Uh, we wish you all well around the world. Big thank you to Peter Hurd, the Butterfly Collector, for today's efforts. Thank you. Merry Campus. Merry Campus. <laughs> thank you to Paul Turner. Merry Krampus. <laughs> thank you to Dunbone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Derek King. Bar humbug. <laughs> big thank you to Big C for your hospitality. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let that shit fucking bring it <laughs> Thank you to our studio audience, and thank you especially to Steve for being such a jingham cunt. Thank you for listening, listeners. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Happy Christmas from Achtung Milbal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.